Here to score it for us is the master of disaster public relations specialist, Mike Paul. Mike Paul, known as the reputation doctor. Well, there's a court of law and there's a court of public opinion. Mike Paul is a crisis PR and reputation management expert. He's all about reputation. Got some tips on rebuilding those reputations. You first have to be transparent and then be accountable for your actions. He's got to get on a truth train right now. There's no ifs or buts in a true apology. You must speak directly to the issues that you've been involved with. You're going to have to have an across-the-board solution that is more than words, and you've got to have actions. Okay, let's do this. Today's episode is about the crisis of former President Donald Trump and his Attorney, his personal attorney, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, both in crisis. If you've been following the cases, we have the New York Attorney General's office, who is currently investigating both President Trump and Rudy Giuliani. Did the Trump Organization's businesses engage in tax and other criminal fraud schemes? And if so, who orchestrated them? New York's attorney general says there is evidence of possible crimes. And chief investigative reporter Jonathan Deans is live in the newsroom with what we know here. John. Now, the state attorney general is now joining forces with the Manhattan DA with resources and information now being shared. Both offices now working as one under DA Vance to try to answer this. Did Trump businesses engage in criminal fraud? And if so, who ordered it? Today, she did not detail any new evidence against the Trump Organization, but State Attorney General Letitia James did say what began as her office's civil investigation has also become a criminal one. That news of a possible expanding criminal probe brought a furious response from the former president. He accused prosecutors of playing politics. I've built a great company, employed thousands of people, and all I do is get unfairly attacked and abused by a corrupt political system. Lawyers from the AG's office will now work directly with Manhattan DA Cy Vance in digging further into Trump's businesses, its banking, and tax dealings. And investigators have been looking to see if property values were misrepresented and if anyone at the Trump Organization conspired to commit fraud on banks or the IRS. It's complicated. There's a, there's a long way from, you know, there's an investigation to there's an indictment. That said, very serious investigation. Trump again called the investigation a witch hunt. Both James and Vance are Democrats. And Trump's team released this video showing James making critical statements about Trump when she was campaigning to become attorney general. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. Trump said these Democrats want to silence and cancel millions of voters because they don't want Trump to run again. The DA's office has Trump's tax records and is meeting with ex-Trump fixer Michael Cohen, who himself was convicted. They're also trying to get Trump's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, to tell what he might know. Guilt is individual in this country, so for each individual person, the DA will have to prove ultimately beyond a reasonable doubt that that person was aware of you know, the, the, the key facts of the crime and did something to carry it out. No criminal charges to date, but the pressure growing on Trump amid an apparently growing criminal investigation. And we have the Manhattan DA's office that is also looking into President Trump, which could have pieces that also tie to Rudolph Giuliani. 
the Trump Organization is expected to be charged by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office as soon as next week. Joining me is NBC's Tom Winter. So, Tom, what more do you know about these charges? Well, Jeff, uh, it is expected by the time uh, that we arrive at uh, Friday of next week, uh, the Trump Organization will have faced criminal charges. We don't know what specific day next week, but we do know that the case is believed to center around tax evasion. Now, according to Trump's attorney, Ron Fischetti, who's representing the Trump Organization, he says that yesterday they met with prosecutors, that's Trump's attorneys, as well as prosecutors for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. They tried to persuade them not to file these charges. Uh, they said that uh, Fischetti Shetty says that it, it looks like they're going to come down with charges against the company, and that is, quote, completely outrageous. He says, I've been practicing for over 50 years, and I've never seen a case like this where they would indict or charge an individual or a company on tax evasion for using a company car or company apartment and then tie it to the company that he is working for without any evidence that what he did benefited the company. The he there is believed to be Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer of the Trump Organization. Jeff, as you remember, uh, it was several months ago that I interviewed uh, his former daughter-in-law, Jennifer Weisselberg, talking about uh, the apartment, the use of an apartment by the Weisselbergs that was being probed by Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance. It's unclear whether that specifically will be in the charges, uh, but this does appear to center around Alan Weisselberg's conduct. Now, legal observers had expected Weisselberg himself personally to be charged first in this case. However, it appears now that the Manhattan District Attorney attorney's office is skipping that, going right to the Trump organization and charging the company itself criminally. So we'll have to see how this all bears out. Uh, but a week from now, it is expected, Jeff, as I said, that the Trump organization will be criminally charged. So the history of these cases thus far is both the attorney general's office for the state of New York is cooperating with the Manhattan DA's office. And that cooperation includes the sharing of information, the sharing of confidentiality about such information, and seeking to pinpoint the key areas where they feel that they can catch both the Trump organization, Trump's children, who during his presidency were running the Trump organization, as well as anything that the president himself, either before he was president and during his presidency. In fact, even what he might be doing today is part of the investigation when they finally bring down an indictment. Years in the making, so that suggests that they already have done an extensive amount of legwork. On Tuesday night, the Attorney General's office notified the Trump Organization that their investigation, which had been civil, which means they could bring a lawsuit or maybe assess some financial penalties, now that investigation is criminal in nature. They're partnering with the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance, who had gone all the way to the Supreme Court to get Trump's tax returns. That brings the possibility of criminal charges against people in the Trump Organization if there's some criminal wrongdoing discovered. We don't know exactly what led the Attorney General's office to shift from civil to criminal, but this has been a long time coming. Since 2019, New York Attorney General Letitia James has been investigating the Trump Organization over whether it has fraudulently increased the value of its properties in order to get better loan rates, to get better insurance rates, or to get tax breaks. It seems likely at this point that the Attorney General and the Manhattan District Attorney have, have honed in on people within the Trump Organization. Whether that ultimately gets the whole way up to the President himself, 
We don't know that yet. And we have seen the president withstand numerous investigations to this point, and they haven't had much of an impact on his uh, support from his base. But we do know that Eric Trump has sat for a deposition, and we don't do know that the key lawyers with the Trump organization have also been deposed. One of the key players within the entire web, as we know, one of the things you're supposed to do is follow the money, is his current CFO, Mr. Weisselberg. Alan Weisselberg is the current CFO of the Trump Organization. And he's been getting a lot of pressure to cooperate with authorities. To date, he has not turned. He continues, even with intense pressure, to say that he has done nothing wrong and Mr. Trump and the organization have done nothing wrong. But there's a lot of file footage that seeks to say that there's major, major problems that he needs to be concerned about. And good evening once again, day 162 of the Biden administration and indeed NBC News reporting tonight, the Manhattan DA's office and the New York Attorney General's office together have obtained indictments against the Trump Organization and its longtime CFO, Alan Weisselberg. As expected, the charges said to be tax related and are expected to be unsealed in court tomorrow in Manhattan. Washington Post was first to report the news tonight. The paper adds this. Weisselberg is expected to surrender Thursday morning at the office of Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance. He is expected to be arraigned later in the day in front of a state court judge. The Trump Organization will also be arraigned, represented in court by one of its attorneys. Weisselberg has reportedly been under pressure to cooperate with prosecutors and flip on one Donald Trump. The investigations, of course, continue. Phil, I'd like to start with you and your your beat currently and former. You covered Trump through all manner of controversy. Um, and to repeat, for those who don't know something you know well, his company is a small family outfit at the end of the day. What are they saying about what's coming tomorrow and what must they be thinking? Well, Brian, there, as you can imagine, is a great deal of concern within the Trump orbit and within the Trump family uh, about the indictments that are expected tomorrow. Uh, this could be bruising for the company itself. Uh, clearly, it will also be bruising for Mr. Weisselberg, the, the financial officer there. But keep in mind how much of Donald Trump's personal brand, his politics, his personal family wealth is tied up in this company. And if this company were to be charged, there could be financial uh, repercussions in terms of the loans that become due that could eventually lead to bankruptcy uh, by the company. But importantly, and this is the real danger for Donald Trump, Weisselberg could begin cooperating uh, with federal, with, I'm sorry, with the state prosecutors, and potentially that could lead to more trouble for the former president. And so while Trump's allies say uh, this week that they're uh, pleased to see that the former president is not himself going to be charged, as far as we know, tomorrow, uh, they know this investigation is not over and that there could be another chapter to it. And it's one of the reasons I think we've seen Donald Trump uh, react so strongly in his public statements, including tonight, uh, calling this a witch hunt and, and sort of the latest uh, in a series of investigations to try to take him down. 
Uh, Paul, counselor, I have one for you. Here's how The New York Times puts it tonight. Interviews with 18 current and former associates of Weisselberg, as well as a review of legal findings, financial records, other documents, paint a portrait of a man whose unflinching devotion to Mr. Trump will now be put to the test. Weisselberg had become so woven into the fabric of the Trump organization that when Mr. Trump moved to the White House in 17, he entrusted Weisselberg, along with the former president's adult sons, with running his company. So tomorrow, Paul, starting with the unsealing of the indictments, what happens next? I'll be looking at the actual charges, especially the money that's involved and the story that the indictment tells about the evidence. The defense is portraying this as a petty and political investigation about taxing fringe benefits. The prosecutors could respond with a speaking indictment that describes the crime, not just as tax evasion, but as the Trump organization and its CFO intentionally stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from the government. The prosecutor's narrative will be that the Trump organization was essentially a criminal enterprise with a consistent pattern of fraud. And Brian, the money is important because that determines what the potential, what the potential exposure is for Weisselberg. If it's a very small or relatively small dollar amount, even if Weisselberg is convicted, he's not going to jail. If it's a lot of money, though, he could potentially face years in prison, and that would be powerful incentive for him to flip, to cooperate with the prosecutors and deliver Donald Trump. We have news right now that Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer of the Trump Organization, surrendered to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office about 6.20 this morning as he and the company prepare to face charges in connection with tax evasion brought in concert with the New York State Attorney General. The specific charges won't be known until about 2 o'clock this afternoon when the indictments are expected to be unsealed. But people familiar with the case say they're related to unpaid taxes on gifts and benefits to Weisselberg and potentially other executives. Weisselberg will be arraigned in state court later today along with the Trump Organization represented in court by one of its attorneys. The company has repeatedly denied wrongdoing, and attorneys for both defendants declined to comment yesterday. The team has been going through the indictment, and I want to start with Ari Melber. Ari, you've had a chance to uh, look over it. I know it is multiple pages, so it'll definitely take a minute. But uh, what has stood out to you so far from what you've been able to gather? Yeah, they have thrown the kitchen sink at the Trump Organization and Alan Weisselberg. This is very bad news for the Trump Organization because the DA has taken an aggressive tack indicting the entire Trump Organization and references to the payroll company and others. So if you were the company hoping to pin this on the employer, get out of it. As far as the DA is concerned, game over there. They're going after the whole company. That ensures Donald Trump and others will be drawn out to fight this. Uh, highlight number two, there are 15 counts here. This is not one or two counts we were covering initially uh, the verbal oral uh, testimony and statements coming out of the lawyers in court today, that gave us previews where we had the reference to grand larceny. Now we have 15 counts, including larceny, tax fraud, false statements, filing false instruments, falsifying business records. They are taking uh, what the DA argues was a conspiracy 
uh, to intentionally and habitually defraud the government, steal money uh, and pay people, quote, off the books. That's the language of the indictment. Uh, and they're alleging that went on for 15 years. If the DA's right and can prove this in court, that's a serious battery of charges against the company and Mr. Weisselberg. If they're wrong, if they're seen as overreaching, if 15 is seen as a, quote, stretch, um, that may change things. Number three on page 14, I could tell you what we're going to be talking about today, tonight and tomorrow, uh, which is a reference to, to unindicted co-conspirator number one on page 14, agreed and implemented a compensation scheme to enable Weisselberg to basically steal money, defraud the government and hide it. Uh, from the tax authorities in New York and uh, in Washington, D.C. Who is unindicted co-conspirator one? Uh, many people would like to know. This is brand new breaking news. We're reading it for the first time on air. I'm sure we'll be digging into that. Uh, and finally, uh, Eamon, as I know we have to hand off the hour, I will say the account here in the, in the indictment argues this is more than just compensation that this was an off-the-book scheme with internal spreadsheets, with Mr. Weisselberg lying about where he lived to avoid tax authorities in New York, that there were ingredients and pieces of evidence that showed it was not just a corporate car here or there, as the Trump lawyers were claiming, but a multi-year, elaborate, and agreed-upon conspiracy. Alan Weisselberg needs to be concerned not just about the allegations that we've currently heard about. I believe that prosecutors have much more up their sleeve that they can tighten a vice around his allegations in the coming months. Look for more dribs and drabs of evidence and allegations from the prosecutors in the coming days and weeks ahead. Another key player in the investigations is Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former fixer, who has already gone to jail himself, who is cooperating with authorities on every piece of every case that's tied to the Trump Organization, Donald Trump, including any activities that Rudy Giuliani had with the Trump Organization and Donald Trump himself. Mr. Cohen believes that the current strategy to date is run 100% by Donald Trump himself, thinking that he could be saved by pushing the court of public opinion versus being worried about the laws and the fraud that he and his organization, including his children, might be involved with. In addition to the two cases in New York, both the Manhattan DA's office case, as well as the New York State Attorney General's case, there's another case that the Trump's and former Mayor Giuliani, Trump's personal attorney, need to be concerned with. The Attorney General of the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C., has been looking into alleged illegalities and fraud tied to the 2017 Trump inauguration, the use of the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., and the lines that could have been crossed by not just the president, but his children during that time. There's a new Trump scandal, and we've caught Donald Trump Jr. giving sworn testimony that might be false. We obtained emails, texts, internal documents, and a video that appear to contradict Donald Trump Jr.'s sworn testimony in a lawsuit alleging the Trump Organization and Trump's inauguration committee misused hundreds of thousands of dollars. For the full rundown, go to motherjones.com. 
but let's look at three examples. First up, Stephanie Winston Walkoff. She was a lead producer for the Trump Inauguration Committee, and she warned the committee not to pay exorbitant fees to the Trump Hotel for events that would be held there. But the committee did so anyway, almost a million dollars. When Donald Trump Jr. was asked in a deposition if he knew her, he said, I don't know her. He said he had had no involvement with her. He even said that if she were in the room, he might not recognize her. Really? We obtained a video of Donald Trump Jr. praising Stephanie Winston Walkoff at one of the key inauguration events. Stephanie, what a job. What a job. What, what Tom and Stephanie did here uh, is just incredible. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I think it too will go down in history. Not only that, we found email correspondence from Donald Trump Jr. to Stephanie Winston Walkoff, certainly indicating that he knew her. And in her book, Stephanie Winston Walkoff describes a small, intimate inauguration dinner at the White House with the Trump family that she attended, and Donald Trump Jr. was there too. And she flew back to New York City with the Trump family. Up next, the sportsman ball. This was a proposed inauguration event. For a million bucks, you could attend, go to a photo op with President Trump, and also go on a four-day hunting trip with Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. The event raised questions about whether the Trump brothers were selling access to their dad. When Donald Trump Jr. was questioned about this, he downplayed his involvement. In his deposition, he said, it just wasn't a focus of mine. But we found internal documents showing that the inauguration committee was planning this event as yes, a project for Donald Trump Jr. And one more thing, the Finance Committee. Donald Trump Jr. testified that he didn't work with anyone on the fundraising arm of the Inauguration Committee. Yet Sarah Armstrong, who was CEO of the Inauguration Committee, testified in her own deposition that Donald Trump Jr. attended at least one, if not more, meetings of that Finance Committee. This testimony from Donald Trump Jr. comes in an important case that alleges the Trump family used the inauguration to rip off hundreds of thousands of dollars. The Trump administration is over, but the scandals haven't stopped. Rudy Giuliani not only needs to be concerned with domestic allegations of potential crimes that he was involved with as the personal attorney for the president, he had lobbying missions internationally where foreign governments were seeking to influence the president and the United States government. Let's go back to Rudy Giuliani. What is he thinking? He's, it's not even that he's thinking it. It's what he knows. Rudy Giuliani knows that he's in big trouble. As your previous guest had just advised, um, he ran the Southern District of New York. He knows exactly the games that they play because he's the one that created that, that playbook. And they take no prisoners. They, they did exactly the same thing to me. And here's the interesting thing. It may start with just the Ukraine, but that's not where it's gonna stop because Rudy is actually mm. a stupid guy. And Rudy has no idea about technology. He says very dumb things when especially he starts drinking and he starts wanting to be this um, this Tom Hagen to Donald running around the world talking to people about how, in fact, 
you know, he's Donald Trump's right hand guy and he can get everything done. Well, it, the, you know, as they say, the chicken's coming home to roost and he knows he's got problems. He knows that it's not going to end well. So unlike what happened with me, unlike, you know, Manafort, who took it to trial or um, Roger Stone, who went to trial, I didn't. I pled guilty. And I got 36 months. So he's only right now imagining what does he have to do in order to stay out of prison? Because Rudy Giuliani has mm -hmm. no interest in being in prison during the golden years of his life. That I can assure you. And it gets even better. Andrew Giuliani, who was a special assistant to President Trump in his previous administration, is now running for governor of the state of New York against Andrew Cuomo. My fellow New Yorkers, it's a great honor to be with you all here today to announce my, my candidacy to become the 57th governor of our great state of New York. New York is the land of opportunity. America is the land of opportunity. And New York is what connects the rest of the world to the United States of America. Unfortunately, our leadership over the last 14 months over the last 10 years has been doing everything that they possibly can to disincentivize New Yorkers from building their businesses, from building their lives, from educating their children here in New York. We will cut taxes and New York will no longer be the highest, highest tax state in America. We will do everything that we can to cut red tape and deregulate for all of those small businesses who have been crushed over the last 14 months. I think we've all seen how Andrew Cuomo has served himself. We see $5 million for a book deal. Well, while Andrew Cuomo makes seven figures a year serving himself, I'm happy to go and volunteer my time to be the candidate for governor of the, to be the 57th governor of the great state of New York. Governor Giuliani, you will get somebody that has a strategy to reduce crime in a record-setting fashion. I've heard that before from somewhere. I think his name was Giuliani also. One of the things that New Yorkers will learn about me if they don't know that already is that I'm a genuine guy. I'm not going to run away from my past. I worked four years in the White House for President Trump. I'll say that right now. I'm not running from it. I'm not hiding from it. I'm very proud of many of the policies that we were able to accomplish. In my opinion, the worst time to run for office is when your father is facing serious legal allegations himself because your family name is the only way that you're gonna get into any elected office. In fact, you have two family names that are going to be concerned that are in crisis right now. The Trump family name and the Giuliani family name. You work for President Trump and you were born into the Giuliani family and both are in crisis today. In my opinion, what a horrible time to be running for elected office. But I guess they think, if not now, then when? To try and use the Trump strategy with Trump voters in New York State to seek to allow Andrew Giuliani to gain an elected office. Andrew Giuliani, the son of former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, is of course running for governor as a Republican in the state of New York. But before he can make it to that final ticket, he's got to get through a Republican primary. And according to a straw poll of the New York Republican party earlier this week, uh, Giuliani is rocking 0% support among Republicans in New York, zero votes. That's how many the dude got 
in this straw poll that the New York State Republican Party took earlier this week. Zero. Donald Trump Jr. was saying that he wanted to be governor of the state of New York and was seriously considering running himself. I guess he's finally learned the hard way, Donald Trump Jr., that the timing of now is certainly only going to make the crisis even worse. So, Attorney General, I want to ask you, you know, you and I have talked about, uh, you know, the work that you have done about uh, possible corruption and fraud uh, with the inauguration and the Trump family. Uh, we've learned that your office has asked Donald Trump Jr. to sit for a sworn deposition related to your investigation into the misuse of a million dollars for the inaugural committee. How confident are you now, Attorney General, that the Trump family, Donald Trump Jr., broke the law? I'm extremely confident of that. Uh, we're before a court, and at the end of the day, the court will decide. But the evidence is clear. Uh, the Trump business and the Trump family used the not-for-profit to profit themselves. That's why the, uh, the Presidential Inauguration Commission paid so much money for rooms and event space that were far above market rate during the Inauguration Commission. And that's why we just amended our complaint to include that Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, good friend, uh, essentially, had a free set of rooms for a period of time uh, during the inauguration for no good, no not-for-profit purpose. Uh, that's not uh, consistent with the law. That's why we are uh, going to pursue that. In fact, Donald Trump Jr. is not the only member of the Trump family that was seeking to try and win elected office themselves beside Donald Trump himself. Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, Eric Trump's wife, was considering a run for the U.S. Senate. And then what happened is, obviously, they got some early surveys done, and it seemed because she has zero political experience, was a producer and passed for Inside Edition, and now is a talking head on Fox News, that that doesn't necessarily qualify you to be a U.S. Senator in the United States of America. It takes a little bit more knowledge about the political process, and it takes a lot more knowledge for someone to pull the lever to vote for you to gain that position in America. It's gonna be a hot, hot summer for all members of the Trump family and the Giuliani family in both the court of law and the court of public opinion for not only the legal cases that are following them each day, but the media cameras that are seeking to find out what they did in the past and presently that might be damaging to their personal reputations and brands. And today's t-shirt is, tell the truth. How timely is that? This entire episode is about whether Donald Trump or Rudy Giuliani are telling the truth. In my opinion, I think there's a lot of evidence to show that they absolutely positively have not been telling us the truth in many areas with many endeavors, both in their life, in the world of politics, and in the world of business. 
Some of you know that I actually worked for Rudy Giuliani for about a year. I was the executive vice president of economic development for the city of New York. During that time, I saw a very different man, a very different leader. There are many people that are saying today that Rudy Giuliani has lost it. When they say that, they're not just talking about his change in politics and his change in heart. They're questioning some people, his mentality. Is he okay today? Based on the things that he has done, the things that he has said, and the behavior that he has administered over the past several years. I've known Donald Trump since 1988. You can't do business or be in politics in New York, of which I've worked as a consultant in the business world, as well as a former aide for the city, the state, and the federal government working for a former US Senator in New York. I ran into Donald Trump on a regular basis, and almost everything that he wanted in New York City, specifically, he got. When Donald Trump decided to run for president, one of the things he obviously did was had a conversation with his family about how to run the Trump organization once he became president. He made sure that his kids were involved, not only with his job in the White House, but his children were also in charge of running the Trump organization. One of the things that is being investigated closely is did they understand the rules federally, as well as from a business perspective, in the changes that he made in who was running what within both the government and his business. Ultimately, what we're going to learn is did Donald Trump, the business owner, break the law? Did Donald Trump, the president of the United States, break laws? Or did his children and his children's spouses break laws. It's going to be a hot summer and we're going to learn more about all of that very soon. So what is my prediction as to whether Rudy Giuliani or Donald Trump go to jail? I actually believe that Rudy Giuliani can do some jail time based on the allegations that are before him. He has some serious allegations he need to be concerned about. As regarding Donald Trump, will he go to prison? There is a chance that Donald Trump himself will get off. The irony of that is most fathers would not want their children to be convicted of a crime, especially when they were involved with it. It appears that Donald Trump is willing to allow his children and their spouses to take the heat for him, and they might be doing some jail time, but Donald Trump personally might get off. That tells you the character, in my opinion, of the man, past, present, and future. But only time will tell, but I'll tell you one thing, the prosecutors are not gonna let up. They're gonna seek the truth. They're gonna seek to see if these allegations of fraud and the breaking of laws, city, state, federally, and in the District of Columbia did happen and there's 
evidence to prove so. It's gonna take some more time, but we'll be watching closely, not just in the court of law, but in the court of public opinion, where brands and reputations matter. And remember, less head work, more heart work, peace. Please remember to subscribe to Reputations in Crisis with Mike Paul, the Reputation Doctor, on the Reputations in Crisis channel on YouTube by hitting the red subscribe button, and also listen to our audio version in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a great week.